are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Pistons Podcast. I just want to say thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen every single day. And remember that Lockdown Pistons is free and available on all platforms and are coming soon to YouTube at Lockdown Pistons. I'll be sure to let you guys know when we officially get activated over there on YouTube, but we'll be soon, so stay tuned. But per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me on Twitter at Kuka Hill NBA. You can also find me over at YouTube at Coos Ballroom. You can also find me at Detroit Bad Boys. Ryan articles about the Pistons. And today we're continuing our player previews of the Pistons season. I believe we're about 10 days away from the first preseason game against the San Antonio Spurs on October 6th. Uh, so we're going to try to get all the player previews in before then. I think I'm going to be able to do it. Uh, we've already done Killian Hayes and Jeremy Grant. So if you missed out on those ones, you guys want to hear my preview on them, go listen to last week's episodes. They will pop up. If you just scroll down. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about Kay Cunningham. We're going to be previewing his season. Obviously, the number one overall pick is bringing a lot of eyes to the Pistons this season. Not just from in Detroit, bringing more fans back to the Pistons. But definitely some look from outside of the state of Michigan. There's going to be a lot more eyes nationally on the Pistons. Specifically, just because of Kay Cunningham. So what should we expect and what should those people expect to see from Kay Cunningham this season? So, believe it or not, I think that Kay Cunningham is a bit of a tricky one to go about here. Uh, because I'm going to tell you guys why. So, I think already a lot of fans, and I've already seen it start to happen a little bit nationally. I think people, because Kay was the number one overall pick, and rightfully so, they're going to be expecting... Like, I know there's already like a, a bunch of fans I've even spoken to and seen that expect like 20 plus points a game. Like, t- like a 27-7 and 7, like kind of stat line. Like, absolute monster numbers. And I just... I don't know if he's going to do those kind of numbers, and I don't think that will mean he would be any less as good if he doesn't do those numbers. I I think that Cade, where he differs from someone like Jalen Green, and I believe I had someone on the podcast last week, and we talked about, I think it was Bryce from Motor City Hoops podcast, which I'm going to be on his podcast tomorrow answering a big mailbag, so if you guys want to check that out, make sure you go check that out as well. Um, but I believe I had him on the podcast, we talked about the Rookie of the Year odds for Cade Cunningham and Jalen Green. And I said that I think... Jalen Green's going to be higher in those odds because he's going to be given the ball and they're going to say, just go out there and score, score, score the ball. Go out there and just shoot, shoot, shoot the ball. And he's probably going to put up 20-plus points a game. Now, will he do it efficiently? Maybe. But he's going to get his shots up. That's basically all he's going to be doing. He's going to go over there. He's going to score. Cade is not coming to the Pistons to do that. Cade has made it clear that's not what he's trying to do. Cade is trying to build a franchise up. He's trying to build a team up. He's trying to connect people. He's trying to make this team a better team. And just shooting the ball and, and taking up a bunch of shots and scoring the ball a lot is not how you do that. And Cade is aware of that. You saw it a little bit, honestly, in the summer league. Uh, I said this in the last podcast when we were talking about Luka Garza. I don't like taking too much away from the summer league. It's really hard to analyze. But there is one thing that you can take away from there because Cade talked about this a lot before summer league. He backed it up in summer league. And I feel like it's kind of backed up a little bit as well in his college performances as well. He's not there to shoot 26 times a game. He's not going to do that. He's not going to 
hog the ball. He, that's not how he's going to play. He'll play off ball. He'll he'll mesh with Killian Hayes. He'll find the open guy. He'll move the ball. He'll play the right way. Like he's going to uplift his teammates. He's going to make his teammates better. And that's what's going to be the best thing about watching him this season. So from a stat line perspective, I guess you should expect, for me, I think I'm going to expect somewhere around 17 points a game, five rebounds a game, and five assists a game. I think that's that's basically why I'll assume uh, – I'll assume to see from him this season. Maybe a little less on rebounds because he is not that strong right now. Which, by the way, you're going to see that happen this season. Let me just say that. Let's just preview everything. You're going to see uh, Cade struggle with his strengths at times this season. You're going to see that happen. And I know that's a concern from some people ahead of the draft. But it really shouldn't be. Because he's eight, what is he, 18, 19 now? He just had his birthday. He, as a young man, he's just barely, like, he left high school, what, two years ago? Like, it's fine for him not to be... NBA strength right now like how he's going he's not always going to be like this like give him an offseason or two offseasons then you'll see him at his full capacity that's not a problem people are going to see that and be like see I told you he's not strong enough yet he's dealing with that he's struggling with that yeah he probably is going to struggle with that he's not as strong as people thought uh, I I believe they had him at like 225 he didn't look like that in summer league right now he mentioned something about needing to get a little bit stronger he knows that uh, so you're going to see him struggle with that a little bit this season. I think that's going to be something he has to adjust to, especially early on in the rookie season, uh, how strong guys are. And he's going to realize how much stronger he's going to get. So I think you're, you're going to, one, see that he's going to struggle a little bit at times with that. Two, I think you're going to see how good of a marksman he is. He's, he's, his jumper is pure. You're going to see him, and you're going to think this dude could possibly be in a three-point contest. Like That's how pure his jumper is going to look like. Three, you're going to see his creativeness with the ball in his hands and his ability to create shots for himself from the perimeter. He may struggle a little bit to start off getting to the rim because of the reasons I, I mentioned earlier on about his strength. He may get knocked off balance a lot. A lot of the things we were saying about Killian Hayes last year, and you saw how big Killian got because you can just get knocked off your balance really easily at, when you first get into the NBA if you're not strong enough. So I think he may struggle with that a little bit, but you will see him create a ton of shots for himself from the perimeter. And then I also would expect to see from him this year take over the role as the closer for the Pistons, honestly. In, in his rookie season, I expect him to do that. Uh, that doesn't mean, uh, when I say that, I don't mean that he's going to take every shot in the crunch time. I don't mean he's going to take every last shot. I think he's going to be the one orchestrating who does that. If it's him doing that, okay. If he's decided that he's going to be the one that takes that final shot, then he's going to be the one to take that final shot. If he's deciding that, you know, I'm going to drive and I'm going to find this open guy in the corner, I'm going to hit Jeremy Grant on this like cut, I'm going to hit Killian on this spot up, He's going to do that. He's going to be the one, I believe, at some point during the season. He's eventually going to take the reins as the guy. He's deciding what happens in the closing minutes. He's deciding who takes the final shots. And he's going to be the person the Pistons live with, dying or living with in the closing moments. So all those things, I think, are bigger things to be looking forward to and previewing about his season. Not so much the statistics. Um, I, I mean, people... He's not a LeBron prospect. He's not LeBron James where he's going to come out and be like 25, 7, something like that kind of thing. That's not what he's going to do. Uh, can he get to like a Luka Doncic level? Maybe that's where his ceiling is. That's what people are comparing him as. That's going to be a few years down the line, though. I don't expect him to do that out, out the gate. What well, I'm going to be looking forward to him, forward from K Cunningham is like the things I just mentioned. See if he struggles with the strength at the NBA level, if he realizes that, uh, and eventually gets stronger in the next offseason. Is he going to be able to create his shot, which I believe he is, uh, see him do that routinely, game after game after game, which I think he's going to do. Is he going to be able to take over as a closer down the stretch for the Pistons? Right, I think he's going to be able to do. Is he going to be able to play good defense 
off ball and play two ways, which I think he's going to do. I think he's going to be a two-way player this year. You guys should look forward to seeing that. Someone who gives it all on offense and also causes havoc defensively. You saw that a little bit in the summer league already. Uh, and the potential between him and Killian Hayes on that side. We saw Killian last year on defense. So these are the, all the kind of things I'm previewing for Kate's season. I'm really looking forward to seeing from him. Not so much, okay, I think he's going to do 17-7-7, 17-5-5. I'm looking to see him shoot like close to 40% from the three-point line. I'm see, uh, looking forward to seeing him get like one and a half steals a game. I'm looking forward to him causing havoc on that end. I'm looking forward to him creating space on the perimeter and creating shots from the perimeter, something the Pistons haven't really had in a long time. Jeremy Grant kind of gave the Pistons a little bit of that last season. And I guess kind of just a tad Frank Jackson. But I don't think that you guys, when you see Kate Cunningham create for himself and take these pull-up jumpers that just are going to be easy for him, I think you guys are going to have to look back to maybe Blake Griffin's 2018-19 season. I think Kate's going to do it even more like, what's aesthetically pleasing than that. Uh, but that's what I'm looking forward to with Kate's season. So let me know what you guys think. What are you guys previewing for Kate's season? What are you guys looking forward to seeing? What do you guys expect to see from him this season for the Pistons? And by the way, before we get to the ad break, I am not looking forward or putting on Cade uh, any kind of win-loss total. Like, that's not going to be a part of my preview. Why I expect him I expect him to get the Pistons to 35 wins. No, I don't do that because it's not going to be so much on him. It's going to be reliant on whether the young guys take a step forward if everything meshes together, etc., etc., So it's not going to be just on him. I'm not going to put that on him. And again, before we get to the ad breaks, let me thank you guys again for making Locked Out Pistons your first listen every day. Make sure you stay tuned to this next upcoming segment so I can tell you guys about why I think that Frank Jackson could possibly be the Pistons' leading scorer off the bench if they give him that type of chance. But again, thank you guys for making this your guys' first listen every single day. I always appreciate it. But let me tell you guys about some of our sponsors. First up is Sleeper. In 2018, the fancy sports expert at Sleeper realized that fancy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense and required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Picks, and it's only, avail- it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Picks, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. The days of losing because your opponent's player simply have more scheduled games to play in that week are over. The days of mindless daily busy work are over. The days of giving up halfway through the season because of that busy work also over. In Game Picks, you pick one game per week for each player based on player matchups, home versus away, opponent's defensive ranking, pace of play, and more. All of that adds up to even more strategy in your basketball league. Whether you prefer redraft, keeper, or dynasty, Game Picks has you covered. Sleeper cracked the fantasy basketball code. If you play fantasy football like I do, and if you prefer building out a weekly strategy versus a daily busy work, you're going to love Game Picks. Make sure to download the Sleeper app and start your league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. Sleeper's one-of-a-kind Game Picks is the most strategic fantasy basketball experience in the industry, so make sure you go try out Sleeper Game Picks today. And now let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, Direct TV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching your sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends logging for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without all that hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more about this at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. 
DirectTV.com, compatible device required, content varies by package. Make sure you go check out DirectTV, stream, and get your TV together finally. So we kind of talked about on the podcast multiple times that there's so many different storylines to watch for the Pistons this year. There's so many different different things to watch for for the Pistons. you got the number one overall pick, obviously, with Cade. you got another season with Jeremy Grant. you got the second seasons of Isaiah Stewart, who seems to be the, as the starting center now. It seems like that all three of the guys that Troy Reaver drafted in last year's draft, in Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bey, and Killian Hayes are all going to be in the starting lineup, which is a big hit for Troy Reaver. You're going to want to see the second season of Sadiq Bey. You're going to want to see if Killian Hayes, now that he's fully healthy, and has gotten bigger and has an offseason, a regular offseason, not a pandemic screwed over offseason where he barely gets any training camp or preseason at all and it's just thrown into the NBA fires. You get to see if Killian Hayes is going to take that step forward with Kate Cunningham in the backcourt. Is Kate and Killian going to work out? You got Hamadou Diallo, who he, he returned. What kind of role is he going to have? You got Josh Jackson, hometown kid, still here. How's he going to play? You got the signing of Kelly Olinick joining now. What kind of role is he going to have? But I feel like someone who's getting lost a little bit in all this. And also, obviously, you got uh, the Michigan guy that, if you're a Michigan fan, obviously you're going to be looking forward to seeing Isaiah Livers play at some point, and Luca Garza as well, who's become a fan favorite. But I do think that a storyline that's getting kind of forgotten, and a player who's being forgotten, is Frank Jackson. So if you listen to the podcast last season, Frank Jackson went from, in I would say, what, like January, beginning of January, where I was like, yeah, we've seen enough of Frank Jackson. He's just not that. He's not just not that dude. He's not going to be on this team past a certain point. Like it's just, it is what it is. We tried the, we tested that out. It is what it is. It's not. It's not good. He's not that good of a player. It's done. And that was when the Pistons were playing him at point guard. He's very clearly not a point guard. That's not his position at all. He is a little bit shorter, but that doesn't make him a point guard. That's not the type of play he is. He's not a playmaker. He's a scorer. Then the Pistons and Dwayne Casey moved him over to shooting guard and started playing him as a scorer. And then the narrative completely flipped for me. I went from being out in Frank Jackson to wanting him here long term. He is a legit scorer, everybody. Frank Jackson can score the freaking basketball. He was one of the Pistons. And I, honestly, I've said this multiple times. And I really do mean it. Outside of Jeremy Grant, I think Frank Jackson probably was the Pistons' best scorer. And I think Frank Jackson could have an argument, honestly, to be the Pistons' best pure scorer outside of Kay Cunningham now. So Kay Cunningham's here now. He probably doesn't have an argument for that now. But before they drafted Kay Cunningham, and before they maybe, I mean, I think Kelly Olenek may give up a give a f- tiny competition with that because he's also a really good scorer. Um, but outside of that, before, like, just on last season's roster, I think Frank Jackson had a legit argument to be the best scorer on the Pistons. So let me just read you guys some of this before we talk about him this next season. Let me let me read you guys this. And I guess we can do Frank Jackson's season preview this upcoming week at some point. Um, but let's talk about this. As a spot-up shooter, he was in the 93rd percentile this past season, scoring 1.2, 8 points per possession. In transition, he was in the 96th percentile, scoring 1.5 points per possession. In cutting, he scored 1.4 points per possession in the 74th percentile. And we're not done there. In all jump shots, he was in the 75th percentile, scoring 1.09 points per possession, synergy ranked as very good. Runners, all runners, he was in the 66th percentile, synergy ranks as very good. Catch and shoot situations. He was in the 89th percentile, scoring 1.29 points per possession. When he was guarded, 81st percentile. When he was unguarded, 80th percentile. Stayed just as good whether he was guarded, a hand was up, or a hand wasn't up. Doesn't matter. 
And this one, he only had 13 possessions of this, so it doesn't really matter, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway because it's another good stat to use for him. Uh, in 13 isolation possessions that included the pass, he was in the 97th percentile, scoring 1.38 points per possession. So, long story short, basically what I'm saying to you is, Frank Jackson is a hell of an offensive player. He's one of the best shooters. He has an argument, for, again, for the best shooter on the Pistons roster. He was showing that he can shoot it from not only from three-point range, but from deep three-point range. If guys, he can attack closeouts, he was the main guy I used when people were talking about how did Killian Hayes and Kay Cunningham you, uh, work. I went back and showed a bunch of Frank Jackson film of how Frank Jackson attacked closeouts. If it wasn't a strong closeout, he just rose up over them. If it was a strong closeout, he was able to attack off the closeouts. I said basically just envision that, except someone who can do it even better and create off of it even better. But Frank Jackson does it pretty damn good too himself. So Frank Jackson... The thing is, I think the reason why people have kind of... I think Frank Jackson became a fan favorite last season, obviously because of his hair. His hair uh, was, you know, Ben Wallace, like if you want to say. And when I got my braids, I had multiple people say I looked like Frank Jackson. I believe a lot of you guys said that as well. So he's definitely the, the hair dude on the Pistons. He, him and Killian Hayes are the, are the hair dudes on the team. But uh, he became a fan favorite last season. However, this offseason, I think it's become... Like, it's harder to see where all these guys are getting minutes. I think that's why Frank Jackson's kind of floated to the background a little bit. But I think that he has to play. And I think if he does play, he's going to be the Pistons' best scorer off the bench. I think he's going to lead the team in scoring off the bench. He's obviously competing, I think you would say, with... I mean, I guess you'd say he's competing with Saban Lee, Josh Jackson, Hamadou Diallo, maybe, as players coming off the bench to compete for minutes. However, I don't think that he's... I think they're going to move... I think the Pistons are going to get creative, basically, with their back with their backcourt and their bench bench lineups. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw like Josh Jackson up at power forward a lot, or seen him at small forward, or Hamadou Diallo up at power forward, uh, and then you know Frank Jackson at shooting guard, or then maybe you could even like run Frank Jackson as the point guard on defense, and then let Hamadou Diallo initiate the offense. Bryce from Motor City Hoops he talks about all the time how Hamadou Diallo likes initiating offenses. Uh, that's one of the things he's really good at. Uh, I also agree with him. So maybe they try to do something like that where Frank Jackson's the point guard defensively, but then offense, they have their initiator be Hamadou Diallo and let Frank Jackson play off ball. That would be cool. You play Hamadou Diallo, Josh Jackson, Hamadou Diallo. Uh, what did I? Let me start that over. Frank Jackson, Josh Jackson, Hamadou Diallo, whoever you want to put it power for, right? whether it's Trey Lyles or uh, who knows, and then Kelly Olynyk. You can do something like that, and then Frank Jackson, they all three of them get to play. However... I do see why people have started to like think he started to float to the back of people's minds because you know it's harder to see where he's going to get minutes possibly. But as a guy, as for a team that needs shooting and a team that needs scoring, like the Pistons desperately need shooting this year. They they went out and addressed that they desperately needed shooting this year, and he's one of the only guys on the team really that they currently had. Not someone they went out and got or someone they went out and drafted. He was really one of the only team, well, one of the only guys they had that address that on the team so I don't believe I just don't believe they're going to just not play him because they desperately need a guy who can who can shoot the ball so like last year for the Pistons they ranked 28th in the league in catch and shoot opportunities they scored 1.02 points per possession uh in last year in the NBA they were the 28th team on catch and shoot attempts that's awful all jump shots 26th in the league scoring 0.96 points per possession that is awful uh, like all spot ups, they were 28th in the league, uh, scoring 0.96 points per possession. Like they were just awful shooting wise. And Frank Jackson is one of the only guys on the team who legit helps that. So I I don't think that they're going to not play him. And I think when they do play him, 
He's going to lead the team in scoring off the bench. That's just my prediction. He's that good of a scorer. He can score in a multitude of ways off screens, off pin downs, off catch and shoot, attacking catch and shoots, and catch, attacking closeouts, around the basket. He's a really damn good athlete. I didn't know he could get up like that. Apparently he had like a 40-inch vertical out of college. I did not know that when the Pistons got him. He had some nice dunks. He's able to finish around the rim, draw fouls. Like He's an excellent scorer. I, I'll go out there and say I think he's an excellent scorer. I think he's, the Pistons have him for a bargain right now. His contract... A bargain. So I think they're going to find a ways to play him. He's going to force them to play him because of how good of a scorer he is. And I think he's going to be the Pistons' leading scorer off the bench. That's another hot take that you're going to have from me. I think Hamadou Diallo will give him a run for his money. I think Josh Jackson will give him a run for his money. But I do think Josh Jack or Frank Jackson is going to be the one that prevails overall. And he's going to lead the Pistons in scoring. Off the bench. Off the bench, I should say. Off the bench. But let me know what you guys think. Do you guys think that Frank Jackson could lead the Pistons in scoring off the bench? Do you guys think I'm getting a little bit out of pocket? Do you think I'm elevating him up a little bit too high than he should be? Do you think someone else should lead the Pistons in scoring off the bench? Actually, you know what? As I'm saying that, let me retract a little bit. I think that Frank Jackson and Kelly Olynyk will be the ones competing for the best for the highest scoring off the bench. Kelly Olynyk will probably, if you had to put your money on somebody, it would be Kelly Olynyk because he's going to get the most minutes. But I'll maintain, you know, I'll keep that hot take. I'll keep the hot take in my in, in the in, out in the air. I won't back off of it. I think Frank Jackson, if you give him minutes, he can lead the Pistons in scoring. He scores really fast, so I don't think he'll need that many minutes to even really do it. So I'll I'll stick with it. I'll stick with it. I I understand that I tripped up a little bit. I I, I realized that Kelly Olynyk probably is going to get 30 minutes a game off the bench. I understand that, but I, I'm not I'm not going to back off of it. You won't. I, I'm not one of those guys. I'm not scared to make a hot take. Frank Jackson, you know, per 36 numbers, averaged 19 points a game. Okay, he only averaged 18 minutes a game last season. He averaged 9.8 points a game. So, you know, I think he can get points up in a hurry. I'm going to stick to it. I'm not going to back off of it, even though that kind of scared me a little bit at the end. But I'm not going to back off of it. Let me know what you guys think about that. But when we come back, we're going to talk about Pistons Media Day. It's very nearly here. I was at Media Day for the Pistons in 2019. I'm going to tell you guys what it's like there, what goes down there, what's the experience like, what happens, how the questions get asked, what, you know, just the whole thing, what, how it goes there. So I'm going to give you guys a little insight to that. I hope you guys enjoy that. But before we get into any of that, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, Built Bar. The best tasting protein bar on the planet Earth comes with a variety of flavors, including six new flavors and caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. There's also a bunch of other flavors such as coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. That's the first time, by the way, I've ever said caramel. I usually always say caramel. I actually just tripped myself up. Uh, strawberry, orange, and German chocolate. These bars are low in calorie and sugar, but high in protein and fiber. They're also covered in incredible tasting chocolate and are soft and easy on the teeth to chew. A flavor I suggest is the peanut butter flavor. Packed in 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams net carbs. So go try the Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LACK15 for 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LACK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. So, with the Pistons Media Day now arriving, I want to tell you guys a little bit about Media Day, how it goes, what my experience was like there at Media Day, and what goes down there. So, a few years ago, I went to Pistons Media Day. It was the first... No, I, I was in 2000... Yeah, I was in 2019-2020 season. And that was the year that the pandemic hit the NBA with the whole Utah Jazz and Rudy Gobert thing. It created... Crazy story is that the game before where Christian Wood, the game before it got the NBA got shut down, the Pistons played the Utah Jazz, and I was there. I watched Rudy Gobert throw like a, a arm sleeve up to a fan that was right next to me. And I, if you remember, Christian Wood, who was currently on the Pistons still, tested positive for 
uh, COVID. I believe like the day after the, or a couple of days after, after facing Rudy Gobert. And I was in the locker room and I had just interviewed Christian Wood to, uh, after that game. So I was around all of it. That's crazy to think about how, like, how everything just flipped upside down like a matter of what, like 48 hours after that. And the fact that I was right there next to the player who started, like, kind of like made the NBA go to shutdown. And it was kind of crazy. But yeah, it was the 2019 2020 season that I was credentialed and I got to go to Pistons Media Day. Now, I, me being someone who had never done this before, I was absolutely nervous as hell. It was crazy. It was definitely one of the best experiences I've done. It was a lot of fun, but I was nervous as ever. So, this is when the Pistons Media Day was still over at the Palace of Auburn Hills. They had like a, I think it was their practice facility that was like, it was in the backpack. Uh, if you park, if you ever went to Palace of Auburn Hills and you had like the, the parking, you know, like the parking the lots were structured, whatever. If you go like all the way into the back, once you pull in and you go all the way to the back of the parking lot, there's like another driveway that you can go in and that leads you to the Pistons practice facility. And that's where they had their media day at. Now they still were at Little Caesars Arena, but I, they hadn't made the transition yet over to where they're at now for their media day. It was still over there in Palace of Auburn Hills. So I went over there. And how it works is, you, you know, you go in, you tell them who you are, who you're credentialed with, whatever. They give you your pass. And then for this season, they had like a bunch of chairs lined up in front, obviously. And then this is, there's this big stage that players will go up and sit at. If you watch like the videos, this makes sense. The players go up there and sit there. But before you get there, there's like a 30 minute, I would say, before you get to that point, it's like 30 minutes of like the players just walking around like in their jerseys and everything, taking pictures or like just chilling and not really like the not even really caring about anything. I know when I showed up, Sekou Dumboya and Thon Maker were shoot, were like legit like practicing. I, I think they were getting a workout, and they may not have been getting, maybe not a workout, but they were definitely getting shots up. They were both taking catch and shoot threes from the left wing, and they were doing that for like the first thirty minutes that we were there over on the other side of the practice facility, which is pretty cool to see. I got to see it in live person. I got a recording of it. If I went back far enough in in my tweets, I could probably find it and retweet it. But yeah, that was what happened like the first 30 minutes. I'm assuming that's how it's going to go this year. I'm not going to be there this year. But like at the beginning, it's kind of just chill. Everyone's just walking around, you know, players just walking around chilling. And then eventually you get that announcement that it's about to start going down. Everyone goes up there. The PR guy, um, his name is Griggs. He goes up there and he talks. He talks to everybody, lets everybody know, you know, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is how it's going to work, blah, blah. And then players start going up one by one and everyone's sitting in their seats. Players start going up one by one to the, to the, uh, the, the, the press conference table, whatever that they sit behind, and everyone just gets their questions out. It's like you, I, I think when I went, it was basically like you raised your hand when you had a question. They passed you the microphone, and then you get a question. And now I was too scared to ask anything. The one time I actually was going to ask a question, well, I was going to ask Markeith a question in front of everybody, ask him, "Did your brother like you know tell you anything about Detroit him being here?" But literally right before I raised my hand, I was going to ask the question. Someone else did, so it was like, oh damn it. Well, you know, I guess I'm not getting a question in, uh, but. You know, that goes on for like 45 minutes, I say. Like, you talk to everybody, especially like the, the bigger name players, like when Andre Drummond was there, Derrick Rose was there, Blake, Reggie Jackson. Uh, it lasted a little bit with them a long time. And then once the lower name players came up, it was only like two questions each. And then they got on somewhere. So I would say it went like 45 minutes long. And then afterwards, what happens is they go, that's when like all these pictures that you see of like, all these pictures that you guys see of these players that, you know, from media day or like that, that like it flowed around the internet of like them standing with the other players and like you know the, that picture of Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, Reggie Jackson, and Derrick Rose laughing together with the 
with the lights on them, whatever. And you, everyone's like, oh, you know, where, where was this picture? How did they get this picture? So they do it at media day. They have them go. They ask them all to come over. They put, like, the white screen behind them. And everyone just stands there and takes pictures. They they sit there and talk. They don't tell them, like, what pose, I don't think. I mean, they'll ask them, like, what to do a certain pose. But then after that, it's usually them just talking and chilling. And they'll, like, get live action pictures of that. So that's how that works. And then also, during that time, you can ask to interview a player. And this is when I got to interview Derrick Rose. I walked up to the guy, his, one of his media handlers, was like, hey, can I can I talk to D. Rose for a minute? And they let me talk to D. Rose, and, you know, that was probably one of the best experiences I've ever had, to getting a, being able to interview Derrick Rose. So media day is a lot of fun. It's It gives you a little insight to, obviously, what's going on. Uh, if you have players and coaches who are very, like, straightforward and will give you good sound bites, uh, it's a very, very fun experience and definitely gives you insight to everything. I remember this was the – one of the things I always take away from media day is, is that – these NBA players are really in damn good shape because, I mean, obviously, but, like, this is when they signed Joe Johnson to that, like, training camp, or not training, what was it, like a like a partial guaranteed contract, and he was competing with uh, Christian Wood for that final spot. I remember going up there and seeing Joe Johnson, Joe Johnson at the media day, and he walked past me. And mind you, Joe Johnson's, like, 37, 38 years old when he's walking past me, okay? This is not, like, some 30-year-old. He's 37, 38 walking past me. And I kid you not, the dude looked like he was like 28, 27 when he walked by. He did not look like he was in his 30s or late 30s at all. He was in fantastic shape. He did not look old at all. He looked slimmed down. He looked like he was in incredible shape. I couldn't believe, like, I remember tweeting it nonstop, and that's always going to be my biggest takeaway. Like, these NBA players, man, are, like, in incredible shape. Like, it's crazy. I, I, it, I remember seeing him and just being like, damn, there is no way that's Joe Johnson. He is not 37 years old. I see why he's trying to make an NBA comeback, but he still looks like an NBA damn player. It's crazy. But, yeah, that, that's, that, those are my experiences from media day. It's definitely fun. Uh, you get a ton of quotes out. It definitely hypes up the Pistons season, which it's supposed to do. Everyone's going to get hyper tomorrow when it happens. So definitely pay attention to it. I hope you guys have fun with it. Uh, and yeah, that's my experience with uh, uh, media day. I hope to get back there next year or, or sometime in the next few years. I hope to get back. I, and when I do, I hope I'm still hosting the Lockdown Pistons podcast and give you guys some insight of what happened there. But, yeah, thank you guys for listening to today's podcast. And thanks again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen every single day. And we'll be back with you guys tomorrow to preview some more Piston player seasons. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Media Day. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that episode. And for your second listen today, make sure you go, you guys go check out Locked on Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd. He's been doing an amazing series preview or season preview series of Fantasy Basketball. I was on there a few, I believe, last week talking about the Pistons. Fantasy Basketball upcoming season. Give you guys a little insight on those type of players. So if you like that kind of thing, make sure you guys go check that podcast out after this one. I appreciate you guys listening as always. If you haven't already, make sure you go down below and leave a five-star review. I always appreciate that. And I'll see you guys on the next podcast. Peace out, everybody, and have a great day.